Welcome once again to Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast. As always, thank you for the wonderful words you share with us as we see you at the stadium, as we did on Sunday night against Philadelphia, as we do everywhere. We really appreciate that, and I know I speak for Vince as well. It's very cool, isn't it? Yeah. Get free stuff. I Free stuff is always great. You know, free, free food. To, I don't drink on the job, Max. I know you don't, but you get offered it. We I can't do. deny that. Would you like a pair? I go, I would, but I can't. I'm on the job. When we go places, Maybe just this one time. When we, <laughs> when we go places off the clock, we get offered beers, food. Um, but yeah, I think even just the coolest thing is just randomly being somewhere and having someone yell, Vince! And just yep. wave, waving out to them. That's To me, that's, that's really cool. I got reached out by a young lady by the name of Chio, mm-hmm. who says that uh, she likes to enjoy the podcast and listens with her son. Oh, so that's, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Yeah. So with that information in tow, make sure you subscribe to the podcast, rate and review to help us uh, keep tabs of how we're doing. I think we're doing pretty well. We're happy. Killing it. Killing it, according to Vince. All right, we're going to start here with a little disclaimer for this week. It's a huge week, obviously, with the Sunday game and then Thursday against Cruz Azul and then Wednesday against Cruz Azul and a Portland game looming as well at Bank of California. So there's a lot of stuff at home. We do have the Mexico trip. As you all know, coronavirus is affecting all walks of life and in a big way sports. And we've seen games postponed. We have seen games canceled. We have seen leagues postponed play. We have seen games played behind closed door. Uh, We have seen games go on as normal. So it's hard to put your finger on the direction of where it's going. And I don't want to dwell too much on this, but we're recording this on a Tuesday and perhaps some news comes out affecting LAFC games, including the Champions League, affects MLS games, affects anything that somehow they're connected. That may come after we do this pause. So we just want to let you know that that is a possibility, potentially a reality. And I think we're all prepared for something as we look around not just the United States, but around the globe and seeing the effect that it's causing. Yeah. I mean, all organizations at this point, sporting and otherwise, are taking precautions and they're taking it very seriously every day. Something different is in the news. Um, so I think you and I will cover the games, uh, cover the players, talk a little bit about that because it's a fluid situation and we really don't know. It changes from day to day. Yeah. So I think it's best that we, we cover that. We know. If it gets, we get some more information. We will be ha- we yeah. will pass it on to you uh, with details and specifics. As long as we know, we don't know anything at this point. We just, you know, no, seeing what's happening everywhere else, you anticipate that it could be a possibility. And to your point, the powers that be with LAFC, the powers that be with Major League Soccer, are having these conversations probably continually throughout this week. I mean, that's the one thing we do know. These are all these are multiple times a day almost on the daily conversations. Um, so who, who, whoever make, is making the decisions and how they're being made, um, we know that they're definitely all being looped in with the clubs, being looped in with the league, being looped in with CONCACAF, and obviously with you know, the city and all that. So that's, that's all we know at this point, but, but we can't, when we get it, we'll tell you more. All right. I would like to thank LAFC superfan Jaime Camille for posting on Instagram the coronavirus song that he got uh, with Kermit the Frog and... You have to go to Jaime's Instagram to see it, but it's a very catchy song. But it takes, you know, it takes a little of the burden off. It's heavy. It's, these are heavy times, yeah. man. Not, a little bit of levity would be nice. I know. Look, we're involved in something that you will tell your kids about. What's go- we're going on through, what's going on right now is unprecedented in many ways. So we're all in it together. Yep. And I think that's comforting for, for, for all of us. 
All right, let's uh, begin. Oh, before I go any further, special guest today on the pod. Yeah. Very excited. You know I've been bugging you about getting Bryce Duke on the pod. We say hello to him through the hallways, and I knew it would be a good interview. We've already done it, and I can tell you it's fantastic. It You'll learn great. a lot about him and about it, seeing it through his perspective joining LAFC. 19 years old. He's got, a, like, he's got his head together. Uh, he's a fun guy to talk to. He, you know what's funny? Is he always has stories. He we, does. He's always ready. He said, oh, well, it's a funny story. And I go, well, I love stories. Yeah. So often we talk to guys, even, even older guys. Hey, uh, I'll ask him something like, what's your favorite song? Oh, I don't know. I've got to check. You go, what? <laughs> but Bryce comes with, comes already ready with stories. Um, so definitely uh, worth worthwhile checking out in the second part of the episode. It's such an interesting story for so many reasons. His story. Because, look, all due respect, I'm not trying to diminish this with his clubs, but if he's joining Real Salt Lake or if he's joining the Red Bulls, a, a club with a lot of guys that are like him on the team, it's not such... Uh, an impact. It's not just a culture change, but he's joining LAFC with Carlos Vela mm-hmm. and six or seven South American star players around him that are close to his age. Yeah. It's a unique circumstance playing at this club, jumping right in and playing big Champions League games. Yeah. This is this is singular, the well, situation he's dealing with. I spoke with Mike Sorber when I was putting together the piece just about his signing and everything, and I asked him, you know, what, tell me a little bit more about how you found Bryce he goes well I happen to see him like he happened to be somewhere see a player and he goes oh, I like something? that like that player he goes I'll keep I'll keep my you know I'll keep that in the data database maybe it's something to come back to and then he happened to be out at uh, a Florida showcase where Bryce happened to be again saw him play again and goes okay I've seen him now multiple times this is a player and then from there the work behind the scenes starts to to acquire that player so it's funny how those things can happen, but uh, you know our, our guys are out there. They've, they've got a keen eye for talent. They know more particularly. They know exactly what they're looking for. You know, so often you you have a guy that's you have, and this happens for the South American players too. You send scouts out and they say, "Yeah, this guy's a good player." Well, does he fit our system? How does he? How is he a good player? There's a lot of good players. Don't doesn't mean they necessarily are in the right situation. So we have such an eye for exactly what we're looking for that he was able to see him that you know those two times, obviously some, somewhat serendipitously, and then was like. I think this is a good guy. Let's let's go see what we can do. You got good stories. We're gonna get Mike Sorber. He's on my wish list too. Yeah, to be on this. Well, when you want to talk about a guy that could give some Estadio Azteca stories, yeah, he played at Pumas. Pumas. Uh, really groundbreaking for an American player at the time. Assistant coach Mike Sorber, who uh, was able to play there, and uh, we'll see. We'll, we'll we'll table that for now as as we go on. And I just to follow up on you said, there's so many of these players have a similar story where a coach or someone connected to the club said, hey, why don't you give this guy a look? I know a similar thing with Adrian Perez, and mm-hmm. that's how it happens. Yeah, You get a call, you, you, get a, you get a sniff, and then all of a sudden, you're signing the papers. Yeah, I mean, well, when the margins are, are you know that thin for MLS squads, you'd be crazy not be to creative. at least take just... Take just a Especially casual you trust. Yeah, take just a casual glance, and and when you know what, what you're specifically looking for, you don't have to waste as much time going to scout them over and over again. You can say, okay, he's got some of the tools. Now let's take it to the next step. How can we acquire that player? All right, we'll get to the Cruz Azul game uh, on Thursday night, first leg, second leg, the following Wednesday at Estadio Azteca in Mexico City. LAFC did have this run of games that you circled on the calendar and knew they were coming, and then there was a little break, and we had Philadelphia Sunday night around. Good game. Great game around. I think many people said the best MLS game <laughs> just over two weekends, but I think it'll have some staying power. It was, again, electric. It kicked off around 8 o'clock, yeah. which uh, I said, I even tweeted at the time, I go, very rarely 
do <laughs> you, you see a full Bank of California Stadium? It's sometimes it's hard to get into if it's a uh, during the week. We saw it, but on Sunday, and someone said that's why we told them it was seven thirty. So that's not to, true. It's not true. You worked in TV. Hey, I know. let me wait. Let me say something about speaking of working in TV. Hey, the game's at seven thirty. It's really at eight. Your your good friend John Strong, who is a good guy, and I really like him a lot. Somewhere in the broadcast, it's a burgeoning friendship. We're gonna have. Uh, I'm gonna take him to my place, Lattice, uh for mm-hmm. dinner next Thursday. But he reached out to me, and I spoke to him. Had a great chat, and uh, so. Well, I gotta give. I, I gotta give John a bit of stick because somewhere in the broadcast, he said something along the lines: "It was well, if we're gonna if we're gonna wait this long to have a kickoff, at least we got a good game." And I go. Someone with an early That's bedtime. That's your network, bro. <laughs> you know exactly why this gets done. Uh, How long have you been in the business? All right. Well, let's let's talk about the game. And, uh, you know, there were some frustrations. I, we saw it from LAFC supporters. And I think people think, you know, after Leon, a beautiful defensive effort against Miami, a beautiful defensive effort this game. You allow, you're going to say something. Three goals. No, I'm, I'm saying, waiting for what you're going to say. No, the people, I, I'm just saying what I said. People are going, hey, what's, okay. uh, what happened? Why all of yeah. a sudden allowing three goals? And mm-hmm. I, we'll, we'll talk you through that. It was Philadelphia. People asked me, what do you expect from Philadelphia? And I said, I expect this team to come in single-minded to get this result you said they're going to press and they pressed beautifully they got some they got some opportunities and they took them two incredible goals yeah uh to take the uh one zip lead and then the two one lead incredible from lafc that they kept every time they would give up a goal three, three they deficits would respond and three, yeah they would respond immediately all with the uh, they, oh they uh, went up one yeah no three deficits yes they, lafc went behind three times and uh leveled within less than 10 minutes all three times. And that's why, and, and the defense thing, the why I gave, gave you a little bit of a sour look was because you hadn't gotten to that that uh, note about the type of goals that were scored. Yeah. I mean, these were absolute world-class finishes from both sides. I okay. mean, w- would you say uh, Carlos Vela's goal might have been the third or fourth best goal in the match at one point? Did I you, would say, you say the, that? No, I did not, but I said... Maybe someone said that to me. I've I seen said, a lot of games that have had more than four goals, and I don't think you could ever... You'd be hard pressed to find a game that had four better goals yeah. to start a game. My my sour face when because somebody actually in, uh, so we had scrum today with Bob and some of the reporters said, "Are you worried about your defense?" Yeah, and Bob. That's pa- paused and and he kind of and he gave the response that I expected him to give because, look, anytime you give up three goals, it's not good. Now that that doesn't necessarily fall squarely upon your defense or your defensive structure, especially when you consider the first goal. They press. Prisbilko is able to turn over Tristan Blackman. They're able to create a, an opportunity out there with a short short field. But a guy still hits a shot, you know, a Carlos Vela-esque curler. W- what are you going to do about that? Then you have a 40-yard 40-yard blast from from you know long distance. Jakob Glesnes. Yeah, Glesnes. I, I would say the the only one where you could say defensively was a deficiency was the third goal, which still is created off a goal kick. They they do their Red Bull-esque. Basically, they overload the central areas. They they say, it doesn't matter who wins that first ball. We're going to win the second ball. And we're going to have numbers around that ball. And then there's a scramble in the box. And LAFC, let's be frank, is a little sloppy. They actually kind of contained the moment, then lost full control of it. Aronson's wide open. He's able to finish. That's the one of the three that I would say, okay, defense. If I was, if I was doing video, if I was Kenny Arena, I'm doing video for the defense. I'm putting t- that together and saying, okay, here's what we did wrong in this. The other two, I don't, I mean, that's just those, that's part of the game. Right. That's part of the team game. That's part of the game. That's part of the reason why we love this game because for once it was two definitive styles going toe to toe and saying, we're not going to hedge our bets in any way, shape or form 
of our style because we're going to play the best we can. And I'll, I'll give it to Philly, man. You, you come out, that's a, it's a tough game plan to do because you're going to have to say, hey, either we're 100% on board or we're not. Because if even one guy lets off, LAFC cuts you to shreds in your press. But yeah. they didn't. And they were able to to make a make make moments where they were able to do some things. But on the flip side, again, a worldie in the first goal, a set piece in the second goal, LFC dealt with a lot of transition moments pretty well. So they dealt with some of the things that that Philly actually wanted to do and got into positions to do, and LFC was able to to stem them. I mean, yeah. I, mean I wouldn't say I don't know. I just feel like sometimes people when they talk about defense, they just expect LFC to hold the ball in the other half and then you know do just have headers from midfield, and that's considered good defense. I don't necessarily agree with that. Good defense is dealing with the situations that arise. Statistically, LFC. Tremendous numbers, 21 shots, 11 on target, a bit unlucky not to, to break through Andre Blake, 63% possession, which is kind of the close to the norm with what they do. The devil's advocate of those goals, and again, I'm not saying these are games that happen. I take, I give credit to LAFC. They almost lost the game at the end. It was 4-3. It could have almost been a 4-3 win. Almost for won Philadelphia. the game at Hit the end. Hit the crossbar. They almost talk won about the game that. at the end. But 3-3, when you look at all the moments... It's not bad, and they stay remain they remain unbeaten against Eastern Conference teams. I think with the Glesnes thing, some people would say, "All right, well, do you concede that free kick?" No, you don't, but it right. happens. But never in your wildest dreams you think this guy's going to uncork a forty yard uh, strike. In the Santos goal, maybe you, you you press him a little harder, but you, you know you can press for so much. And what I told- a little devil's advocacy, but that's all. I'm not three three. Yeah. I walked away pretty content. I go, yeah, it's three goals, but these games happen. And hats off to Philadelphia for showing a lot of verve. Well, I told someone today. You know, in a couple of games from now, Philly's going to get another free kick 40 yards out. Glesnes is going to go, guys, got this. And he's going to put it 50 yards in the stands. They go, all right. That you, is 1,000% going to happen. You, get, you got to take them until you miss. Now you miss. We're yeah. no longer taking shots from 40 yards out. Yeah. I mean, these are also Jim Curtin being the coach of Philadelphia is uh, a guy who knows Bob Bradley's. Uh, you, you, when you're in part of that tree, mm-hmm. you there are some advantages. Maybe there are some disadvantages, but I think the ones that are advantages – are certainly uh, at the top of that list, and not too surprising. This is this has been a, outside their first meeting. Their last two games have been pretty competitive, both yeah. ties. Well, I'd say in the, in the as you talk, it pertains to Curtin knowing Bob Bradley. Who, and the one way he's followed in his footsteps is this. Like I said, he he's decided. Well, Ernst Tanner has a lot to do with this, but they've decided on a style of play that they want to play. They've now specifically scouted players that fit into these roles, and they've said, "We this is it." Plan A, plan A, and plan plan A is plan A. Plan B is to do plan A better. Um, so Jim Curtin is very much like Bob Bradley in that way. He's, why would we change if one result doesn't go our way, which it, their opening game against Dallas didn't go their way? Then they don't revamp it. They just do it better. Yep. For Philadelphia, impressed with uh, Brendan Harrison, their teenage, you know, all-around midfielder, played more of a playmaker role. Uh, Sergio Santos, who scored a goal, is a guy they were waiting to. Breakthrough. He was, uh, you know, a, a high-profile signing. A yeah. guy that he has that kind of talent. It just so happened it, it showed. I know that. it had to be against us. It had to to be against us. But I think that's going to be a third or fourth place team in the Eastern Conference. It's a good team. And again, this was a big occasion for them. Third or fourth after. I think. Well, I think with, I with Atlanta losing Joseph Martinez, don't you think they could maybe challenge for top spot? It? Depth. They need a little more. Yeah. I, okay. I would like to see them be a little more active because if. Uh, International duty starts yeah. to spark up, and I don't think they're affected too much by it. Uh, I just think Brendan Aronson certainly yeah. will be. He's going to be in the U.S. system from this point forward for a while. I just think in that Eastern Conference, there's a, a giant Joseph Martinez-sized hole at the top yeah. of that conference, and I, I mean, Toronto's going to be around there. I, I just think the 
like they were last year. I think they'll be sniffing around there and they might have what it takes to get over the limit. But I do agree with you. They have to do some, probably do some business, probably spend a little bit more money. Uh, I believe they just bought down Alejandro Bedoya. So they have a, they opened up a DP slot by doing that. Yeah. So if they can, they, they have now some flexibility in the summer. If they can do something with that, um, the Eastern, Con- the Eastern Conference the Eastern is, is Conf- ripe yeah. for the taking. The Eastern Conference does not seem it was had a strong year because New York City FC, Atlanta, and Philadelphia were really three good records. Toronto FC went to the cup. You had mm-hmm. a good. I, I hate to be a prisoner of the moment, but two weeks in, the West looks a lot better. Yeah, with LAFC, and this is without the Galaxy. Who well, we talked to, about it. What, Sporting Kansas City really looked the, the real McCoy. We thought they could make an improvement. They have Minnesota United are scoring a ton of mm-hmm. goals. Colorado's improved. We like Dallas. I think they're going to be there. And then I haven't even mentioned the Sounders. Yeah. They will be there as well. The quality of players that we we felt personally that were brought into the Western Conference are a little bit higher caliber and a little bit more volume too. Yeah. More just higher TAM, DP type guys. Um, but yeah, as, as it looks right now, I think the, the West is going to be in, it's going to be another dogfight. Yeah, just looking at the standings, it's a good group up there. It's going to make for some really compelling games as we go on to the season. But the season's still in diapers, as we, we told you. Moving on for Philadelphia, and we all knew it, is Cruz Azul. And there are two games. It'll be Thursday, Bank of California Stadium, 7.30 Eastern time. The second game will be the Estadio Azteca on a Wednesday. These are reversed from how they were against Leon. Obviously, we started on the road. And it was our first game. And I believe if we... I just dropped a couple of wheeze. If we were to... <laughs> Well, sorry. It's we. Hey, we are the LAFC if, podcast. Yeah. If we if we do progress to the next round, I believe it, it would we would also start at home because of the way the bracket plays right. out. So get used to it. A little bit about Cruz Azul before we get into the games. They are having an incredible domestic season. They have gone through nine rounds. They are twenty three points, so they're three points clear of second, and I think like five or six cleared of the third place team. So not only have they taken the lead, but Pardon me, there are 19 points, Point of Leon, and then Club America, then there's a drop off after yeah, those. There's a top three right now, right. and then it, it drops from I was thinking of the goals. They have 23 goals over nine games, which is astounding. Which leads the... Yeah, and they, they scored four more this weekend. They scored four to beat Tijuana. They scored four on the road to beat Morelia. They scored four against Portmore. They score a lot of goals. So you're telling me they like to score four They score goals. a lot of goals. And they're beating all the teams. I mean, they had a tough start to the schedule. Well, they've won... F- They've won five in a row in Liga MX, yeah, and they've won seven in a row in all competitions. Yeah, they. I mean, they beat Chivas at their place. They. Yeah, they started they poorly. Beat Tigres, they who, actually lost their first two matches of the season. Yeah, and they, it was and it was everyone saying, "Oh man, same old Cruz Azul," because they didn't they weren't in the playoffs from the Apertura. Yep. So they had a big drop off after having a great Clausura yeah. a year ago. I mean, you just did it. Did, did kind of a little primer history piece, and it's I very I dramatic used, too. Yeah, and I used some of the script that you you put together, put together a written piece from it. Um, Cruz Azul is that team that was so dominant through it's like the eighties and nineties, right? They right. were the eighties and nineties, the the best team in Mexico, and then in the late nineties, early two thousands, right, plummeted. So they're, I mean, what and they've what had six. Do you know what what were they saying? What's they become a verb? What's the cruz azuliar? Okay, and which it, is to kind of get close to winning something and falling short. That doesn't apply in the Concacaf Champions League. They've had success here, but this is for Liga MX. But lately, yeah, it's both for lately. They are right? the uh, this is dated, and I don't know if it's, it's apples to apples, but the Buffalo Bills, who back in the day went to four Super Bowls and lost all right. of them. That's kind of what cruz azuliando yeah. is. Or cruz I mean, they azuliar. have a great history. They've the second most Concacaf Champions League titles. 
the first CONCACAF team to make it to a Copa Libertadores final, which is big. That is one of the games I will never uh, forget. Mm -hmm. It was against Boca. That was against Boca, and they had this incredible run, and no one thought a Mexican team would make it. They almost pulled it off. Yeah. They almost pulled it off. And then obviously now they don't do that anymore. They're the four, they're the four, fourth mo- most decorated team in Mexico with the title. So they have a, a great history. What, what, what would we say? There, there's four, there's four teams in Mexico that are like the, like the four sisters. They're they're the they're the ones. Yeah, they're the foundation stones. Yeah. Chivas, obviously. Mm-hmm. America, America, Pumas, and Cruz Azul. And now you have the emergence of the teams from Monterrey, mm-hmm. uh, which have come with a lot of money and uh, infrastructure. A new stadium for Monterrey and Tigres is the other one. So they've kind of joined them, mm-hmm. but those are still like the uh, traditional powers. Yeah, this is a team with a lot of money, and they spend. They rec- they develop players too, mm-hmm. um, so they have a mixed bag. They don't have that those, uh, an Andre Pierre Gignac. Right. They don't have that big name player you kind of build around. It's a collective, but they man, they they have players that they've got a Jonathan Rodriguez. I believe his nickname is Cabezon. Okay, I, b- I believe it's Ca- which translates to big head. He does look like he has. A- yeah, he does. But I think that's what you want if you're a number nine, right? Yeah. Well, he's going big head there. It's like, yeah, that's right. I'm gonna well, he's, he's leading Liga MX. He's leading the the Clausura in, in goal score with eight. Uh, just a little kind of scouting report on Jonathan Rodriguez. He's an all rounder. I mean, he's a number nine that that can dribble. Uh, he can finish. One touch finishes in the box. Yeah, he can he can take balls out of the air. He's a good header of the ball. Um, he can lead the line. He can also play a little bit wide. And uh, and his holdup play is pretty decent. So yeah. I, I pretty much ticked every single box of what you would want from a forward. I mean, he's he's a beast. He's a great player. Um, and then you got, like you said, so he's kind of their focal point. But then around him, you got Alvarado, who's a great player. Good young. He's twenty one, so he's on front of that young group of Mex- yeah. core Mexican mm-hmm. super future stars. They're yeah. gonna Alvarado twenty one. They've got Hernandez, who's an older. He's my Mexican favorite player, player. Elias Hernandez. He's mm-hmm. a guy I think. Is, Why is that? It's just an attractive player, good yeah. dribbler, a guy who can make can do a lot of different things. Yeah. For Cruz Azul, and the reason I say that is because I think he's a danger, a danger man. Certainly, yeah. that um, LAFC will have to tend to. They know what Rodriguez is going to do. They have yeah. to hold that up. But Hernandez, I think, is the guy who can find some space for Rodriguez. Yeah. They do have some injury concerns, though. That's what I'd like to get to. So, I mean, it's a long list. It's not those the three or four featured players we mentioned. The, um, Jose Corona in goal is also a, a, a very well. I mean, they have really good goalkeepers. In Mexico. Jose Corona is that goalkeeper for Mexico that was always supposed to be the next guy, the next guy yeah. up, and never took that next step. I know he had some. He had some guys some in off, front of him though. Some guys in front of him had some off the field instances. Did win a gold medal though, which He's almost which, forty now, which takes you a long ways in Mexico, winning a gold medal yeah. at the Olympics. But uh, I mean, against he, Brazil, of all he's teams. a he's a good keeper. I mean, he's yeah. a guy you got to keep in mind. That's gonna get in front of some shots. Yeah. But getting to the injuries, so this is two legs. So depth is a huge issue, and we saw LAFC's depth come into view. Mm-hmm. I think by the second leg against Leon, where it was a uh, it was a real advantage. Right. This is something where LAFC could take advantage of. So the a few featured players and a few backup guys, they won't be able to call upon at least for this first leg. Yeah. I mean, a guy. Well, actually, it looks like they're going to be out both. for the for both legs. I mean. One that people should, MLS people should be familiar with is Yoshi Yotun, who Peruvian, who Peruvian uh, played at Orlando City, a real, a real ball winner, like just the the type of guy you just don't want to play against because he's just going to be everywhere and he's going to be nipping at you and he's going to be take, trying to take the ball off you. And he's he's that type of guy that says that looks at a player that's ten yards ahead of him and goes, I can still go get there, I'll still go get that ball, and he can he can restart play pretty well, but he he lo- it looks like he just had surgery. He's going to be out four to six weeks. Uh, Pablo, Pablo Aguilar, who is a little bit older, 
but still the type of defender that you would not want to go up against in this competition because he knows those little tricks and the little he's got those little experiences that that are really tough to go up against. He's I think he did his ACL. He's got yeah. something major with his knee that's going to keep him out. So those two guys right there are pretty big losses. I think speaking to some journalists and some folks uh, that have interest in this game, there's a belief that LAFC should do well here. Despite the successes at Cruz Azul and the form that they are enjoying, LAFC, to, I think people feel they'll be able to score some goals. And they'll have to. They'll have to score some goals. For me, it really comes into that first game. Yep. And this is why the Philadelphia game comes into view because they did allow trying to limit the amount of away goals right. Cruz Azul will score. Obviously, if you allow three, and look, that was a game. Yep. It's they're not advancing. Well, no, but that's what it is. Regardless, so we, look, we went back. You go back to what we first talked about. They three goal, give up three goals. Regardless of if it's the defense's fault, if it's set pieces or not, if you give up three goals as the home side, it is an absolute killer. Yeah. It's 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 the end of the Champions League if that would happen again. Yeah. So but, one way or another, they're going to need to hold this team. I, I mean, I, I legitimately think it's going to need to be like a 2-0. It's going to need to be one of those. Can they do that against a team that's scoring like this? I know I mean, they can. I, I know they can. Because I mean, we the saw Leon, they did against Leon. Leon. The Leon game was, I mean, that was, oh, it felt like this could not happen all the time. To have a that, defensive that, error, maybe well, it could. that's the blueprint, right? It is the blueprint, and I think LAFC is capable of it. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Leon score a lot of goals, and yeah. Leon are second right now, yeah. or second or third in Mexico, and Cruz Azul, I, I'd almost feel if you gave yeah. up one, you'd be like, okay. Yeah, a two-to-one is, is fine. Uh, but I just, you know, I really think a clean sheet's going to, especially when you talk about going to Estadio Azteca, it's just such a magical place, but such a weird place for a lot of teams, too. Um, a lot of visitors... Uh, you know, Leon is, is the blueprint, and I would say this. That game wasn't flawless, though. There's those little moments where you just maybe get a little luck here, maybe something there. Uh, the defense has been very good. I, I, I'm not worried about them, I'm, but I am worried about goals being scored. It's a weird oxymoron. Yeah. I'm not worried about defense, but I'm worried about goals being scored because set pieces can happen. Um, I do think that, that, that that's actually an area that defensive set pieces, which you brought up, LAC hasn't looked great. Uh, defending set pieces, I mean, Miami had more than a few chances through set through set pieces. And if you think about what Cruz Azul can do compared to Miami on set pieces, you you got to be a little bit worried. So it's going to have to be a clean... I mean, the fouls like the Glessness one can't have can't those. Can't have those. No. I think with set pieces offensively, LAFC, it's... LAFC aren't going to score a lot of goals on the on corner kicks. That's been the situation since the beginning. Yeah. In season one, that's not where they're going to excel. They're not a very big team to, in, in that area. They're... Um, it just hasn't happened for whatever reason. Maybe it does. I just don't think that's even though they'll get a fair share of corner kicks. They are getting free kick goals thanks to Carlos Vela. We saw yeah. that. Well, so. and technically the, the Eddie Segura one would be included in set pieces because it's kind of a recycled set. It's part of the same. Play. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. There. I mean, there's there's signs uh, of of hope there. But if we look at the LAFC team, and I wanted to mention this about Philadelphia because this is again just going on what people are talking about is Brian Rodriguez. Looking for that goal. Almost had the game winner on his foot. He didn't get it. it, it he's played really well. Yeah. He's beaten guys off the dribble, which very few players in MLS can do. That's a short list. Yeah. Consistently beat guys. You can't guys. teach that. You can't teach that. That's a, a, a talent. Um, I think we're still waiting for Carlos and Brian to kind of hit that same wavelength. Mm-hmm. And that takes time. That's developing a partnership. That's being A number one, Carlos Vela. And you're like A number two so yeah. to speak, 
finding a way where you're connecting. You kind of usually you're on both sides of the different sides of the field as well. But you got to learn to draft off him, right? Yep. Like, I think he's Carlos that. is going to get you opportunities just by the fact that he's going to draw attention. Defenders' eyes are going to be the second Carlos gets on the ball and beats a man. You're going to you're going to be able to say, man, that defender's looking at Carlos. I'm going to go off the back shoulder, yeah. stuff like that. And Brian was a lot better at that obviously in preseason. He got caught offside too many times for my liking in, in the Miami game. I think he cleaned it up a little bit uh, against Philly, but then kind of disappeared. But look, he misses that chance. And obviously, look, I saw him walk off the field. And man, I've not, I don't think I've ever seen him. I've seen him upset. I don't think I've ever seen him that angry. I mean, it was just pure he anger. Knows. He's, he, no, but it wasn't even sadness. It was anger. Just he knows he's got to finish those. But for him, I think, you know, he's got... He's getting into the right positions, and I, I agree. I'm going to sound like a broken record. I agree with Bob. He's Brian's getting in the right positions, but he's not slowing down at the right times. And I, I have said this to guys here at the Performance Center because I've watched Brian do things where he beats a man, beats another man. The ball's hung up in his feet, and yet he still hits it into the upper corner. I go, man, that's you can't teach that. That's just this ungodly talent, and he's gotten away with it for so long that now he needs to learn to find, like, how much better could he be if after he beats that second man, he's able to set that ball up and it's in, his, it's in stride, it's in, it's, it's in focus the way that, let's say, Diego Rossi was when he scored that goal. Diego Rossi, I mean, that was a beautiful goal and that was That's prime. his new, that's his, it's la, la zona de Rossi. If that's his new zone, I'm, I'm here for it because that's what I said last season. I, he should score seven to ten goals like that a season where he can just get into that area because, like Bob said, he, he gets into the area quickly takes a really good first touch, but then settles his body, shapes his body, and then has it in a way that he can finish well. That's where Brian is lacking right now. Brian is so 100 miles an hour all the time yeah. that he needs to find a way to get to the point and then slow it down at that moment because you've, you've done so much of the work before, get your body right and finish. And yeah. I, I think uh, that's maybe another thing you can't really teach. You can just keep telling him, showing him video. Maybe it takes a moment of him maybe starting from the bench and looking and saying, hey, I see the game differently. I see that I do have more time here. Look at how much time that guy had there. Next time, I'll just settle myself. I'll calm, calm a little bit more. But once he figures it out, like we've all been saying, once he figures it out, I think it's gonna it's floodgates from there. I, it's hard to imagine any other outcome with that because he's putting himself in those positions. He's not making mistakes. The turnovers... It happens, but nothing nothing out of the ordinary. He, he, he generally keeps possession very well. It just seems like that final touch. It's going to happen. And maybe it's on Thursday. And if it does happen, I think you look at a LAFC attacking team that's capable of scoring a lot of goals over two legs. Obviously, Carlos Vela goes without saying. Um, after kind of getting into the season, he is now at the same Vela we had the season, averaging a goal a game, averaging a goal a game. And he's going to have a glut of goals, potentially, as he did against Leon. I think Diego Rossi's there. If Brian Rodriguez can join them there, there you have three. The midfield offers you more guys, and I would say Edward Atuesta, to me, was the best player on the field uh, against Philadelphia. The things that he was doing yeah. was... He was everywhere. Uh, it was everywhere, but it was a, it, it was a talent that you don't see in Major League Soccer yeah. that often. Just the wherewithal. It's like he has eight eyeballs around his head. That's what it felt like yeah. to me. He sees everything. We have, he's completely. He's like the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. He's completely panoramic. We have plenty of those guys that are everywhere, but you, it's like you see the energy being used up. Like you can tell, like man, that guy's using a lot of energy. Whereas Edwards everywhere, and you don't realize he's there until he's there because he's just so smooth. Yeah, just kind of glides into areas, glides in and out of pressure. You know, there was one play towards the end uh, where he took a touch, 
three guys converged on him, didn't freak out. They kind of then went away, yes. and he just goes, okay, and turned around. And he, he, I mean, he's a guy that if you're not going to get close to him, well, yeah, actually, if you get too close to him, he can beat you. But if you're not going to get close to him, he's always going to turn back around and take it forward. Yep. I, I think with the midfield, obviously, Mark Anthony Kay is a guy who could probably score goals. I would say we're starting to see Chiqui Palacios be that offensive threat a Chiqui lot more. was great. Because they're giving Philly. him space. Yeah. And he's filling it, and he can get by. He can beat a defender, too, off a dribble. That's a, there's, there's a lot of options offensively that I think would give LAFC a lot of optimism that they could score more goals than Cruz Azul over two legs. Yeah. No, I, I, I agree with the, with the people you've been talking to that are like, you know, Cruz Azul is top of League MX, but I, you just get the feeling, and I, we could be wholly wrong, and by the end of this tie, Cruz Azul could walk out of here and go to the next round, but you get the feeling that the, the bigger test was the Leon test because yeah. they're just such, such a better team. I think, in the, and I mean team not in just points, but team in the way that they play. They play uh, a brand of soccer, and they, they've been together when they, they really, it's a synergistic thing where they work well together, whereas Cruz Azul, man, they've got top-end talent, and if they hit, look out, you're going to have a rough day, but if they don't, they're going to have that ty- type of rough day. So you got you got to hope that their luck maybe ran out a little bit with their seven wins in a row. Maybe it's time, you know. I asked four can't, different. Can't go forever. I asked four different people. They all thought LFC was going to advance. People, you know, they know a thing or two more than I would. I'm not going to predict anything. We don't know. This is, again, a lot of things in play, including how coronavirus or whatever applies to this. It's all there, but it's here. This is the payoff for the comeback against Leon, which was a cathartic moment for mm-hmm. everyone. And now we can see if we can map out. Still uh, an opportunity to win a, a trophy historically here, and it all starts on Thursday night. So I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be a... Uh, Another great chapter. I'm, it's, again, it's like a bonus game. Yeah. It's a bonus game because of Leon. Well, that's what, I mean, I, I've talked to multiple guys about just the, the like we the said, pressure the weirdness, weirdness kind of going around with coronavirus, the, the news every day, you know, are we playing games? Are we not playing games? And everyone to a T has said to me, well, when we get there, we'll deal with it. But as of right now, we have a game. We're going to play. We feel fine. And, you know, if we could get through playing against Leon after not having – a single competitive match, and going Ooh. there and seeing what happened, and then flipping the script like we did, we, they feel like they can do anything. And I, would you would you argue with it at that point? All right. Well, there you go. Got you ready for uh, the Thursday game, and now we're going to take a quick break. But when we return, we will be speaking to Bryce Duke. Bryce Duke, LAFC midfielder, overall really cool kid. That's next on Inside LAFC. <laughs> Welcome back to Inside LAFC, the Max and Vince podcast, and we are thrilled. We really are thrilled. We always like to have players join us on the podcast, but more so here because that's such an interesting story. A guy who was not on the LAFC radar and now not only is a member of LAFC, but playing regularly. It's Bryce Duke. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it. I, I have to start with, like, where <laughs> did you ever envision yourself... Being a professional, you obviously, the LFC sought you out. They got your homegrown rights. And they brought you in here. And when we first saw you training here, we figured this was a long-term play. And lo and behold, we're playing Leon in Mexico. And here you come trotting off the bench. Do you ever, ever stop to say, wow, how did I get here? Yeah, I mean, it's cra- it's been a crazy journey. I mean, I always thought, yeah, I was going to make it uh, pro. That was the goal. And just 
been working to that goal for ever since I started playing, but I didn't think it would come this fast. So for this club, yeah, for <laughs> especially this club, best one of the best clubs in the MLS, if not the best club in the MLS. So what did you know about LAFC when uh, before before they were? Yeah. You ever thought of being part of this team? Well, right when they first came into the league, it was probably one of my favorite teams to watch just because they actually, we actually play soccer. We don't, like some MLS teams, just kick it up the field. and just. <laughs> but that's just how we play. We like to keep the ball and make other teams move and get them tired and just play soccer. With your club team in, in Arizona. Yeah, that's what you're exactly. Okay. So it's like, it's both, they kind of play the similar side of soccer. So I was when I got the opportunity, I was like, it's not, not nothing much of a difference. It's just playing with professionals, sp speed of play is faster. I have to think more, but the way we play is all the same. So I feel like I fit in their system really well. So yeah, when you talk about fitting in the system, because you know we have an academy, but they're not quite there yet. So yeah. you're in a lot of ways, you're almost like a, that first bridge between our academy and and the first team and what we're trying to do. Yeah. Um. So when you came in here, you know, what kind of things did you find that were a part of your game that you already had that really translated well to LAFC? I mean, I feel like my my technical side of the play is pretty good. Um, I can handle some positions or situations that I, I get in and I can get out of them. Um, my mentality, when we lose the ball, automatically get the ball back. Um, kind of just how I think I know I, most of the time I know what I'm gonna do before I even get the ball but from Academy to here it's a big jump so I'm getting adjusted to that and it's gonna take some time it's not just gonna happen first game after that so that's the main thing I've been working on is just my mentality and knowing what to do before I get the ball and just speed of play so but Academy it was it's way different than huge jump from where I was at and now where I'm now at. So it's been a fun roller coaster and I'm learning. So that's good. What's been crazier, the training or, or matches? I, I'm assuming matches are crazy, yeah, yeah. but training has got to be, yeah. be pretty nuts for here. Me, for me, I personally think training is somewhat harder than games because you're playing with the same people every single day and they start to know your tendencies. So they know mm. how you play and what kind of, things you do that my other players on the other team that you first time playing against them that they might not know so people when you start to watch them in training you start to know what their little tricks are so that's probably harder in training the only point of view I guess we've seen you in games and we get the idea of the kind of player you are and I don't want to be too cliche but you know you could be a box-to-box -box midfielder you, you you great support player but let's hear from you how, how do you envision yourself as the best player for Bryce Duke, is there a guy that you kind of emulated yeah, growing who's, up? Who's Bryce Duke's favorite player? It's got to be somebody that we're literally watching on TV like it now. Was right, uh, Andres Iniesta. Okay, so that was my favorite oh. player. So um, me and my dad—that's who we've been watching since I was younger. So I kind of try to uh, like resemble my game around him. Um, but I like Isco, uh, Tiago from Bayern Munich. So kind of just the small players like me, like myself, um, that are just kind of tricky and technical and just are smooth with the ball. So that's why I try to just put my game like, so. 
I remember we tricky had, and technical is a good combination. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, I remember we had Bryce for Media Day, and it's obviously the 25th year of MLS, and we're like, what are some uh, like before? Honestly, even before you showed up, we we're like, we're gonna ask Bryce, like, what are some memories you have of MLS? And I was like, he's gonna be like, oh, in 2016, I like, yeah. they, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like we were like, he's gonna be like, I remember when Robbie Keane signed or something like that, yeah, and it's gonna no. be like, well, yeah. maybe we go back a little farther. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> the I biggest mean, thing probably when I was younger is when like Beckham signed for Galaxy. That's that a good was, benchmark. That was, yeah, that's that good. Was huge for the MLS. So that was probably the earliest memory that I have. Do you remember Max Bredos being commentary for Fox Sports World? Wait, Fox no. Soccer even? Fox Sports World was way before him. Maybe but. the occasional ESPN game. To, no. All right. I don't. I. I don't really. Inver- interviews time, over, Bryce. Thanks a lot. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> He's like, I turned the sound <laughs> off. Yeah. At the time, like younger, I don't really pay attention to. Who's talking? I guess. Yeah. So that's I me. Mean, You're a player. You got to yeah, be locked in. Yeah. Just try to focus on the pe- people and players, and try to take a little bit of each person's game and just put it into mind. So. I, I like when you said I had watched games with my dad, and yeah. I, I, how did the sport kind of? It's we're going to get into this, but we don't have a lot of American yeah. players, so you know we are an American North American club. And uh, we don't have Americans from the United States here, yeah. but you know, obviously, soccer is presented a little differently here than someone they would see in Mexico or South America. Yeah. So, how was your introduction to the sport? Was it through the family? And uh, my dad used to play when he was younger, but he didn't go big or didn't follow through. So he did soccer in high school. He did football. He was a kicker. Um, but it was—it's a funny story. Um, when I was three, I first started soccer, um, and I guess I hated it. Because I always wanted the ball, so when someone else would have the ball, I guess I'd throw a fit and just start crying or whatever. So I was like, okay, I don't want to do this anymore. So at three, at three. No. So um, we did. I did bike racing, so I raced bicycles. So I did that until I did BMX until I was, was seven. Say, so this is like on dirt. Yeah, yeah. So I did that until I was seven. Um, that was fun. Went to nationals, took second in that. So wow. Um, then at seven, I was like, okay, like let's try soccer again. So did that and then fell in love with the game and then just went up from there. <laughs> it's dirt, dirt BMX at yeah. from three to seven. It's a crazy. You thing. are a proper American sports success story. Yeah. This is crazy. We bring up we we bring up the fact that yeah, there's not a lot of young Americans or not as many young Americans even in our side as maybe in others and not to get into the politics of it or just you know because we get I get people that tweet at me or like man LFC's got a lot of young guys I wish we had more young Americans yeah. and I'm like well what about Bryce yeah what about Tristan I mean two young Americans is better than most yeah. for a lot of places but you you've been in the ecosystem have you obviously probably been around like your ODB teams and, yeah. and the regional levels but again, without getting into politics, what is it about LAFC though that like if we were bringing up more young American players, why would this be the place to be? Um, just development. I mean, you see, our team is so successful with the young players that we have, and I feel like the next couple of years, these young guys that we have are just gonna go to bigger clubs and have a successful future. So, I feel like if you're a young, uh, talented player, then your goal should be to come here because. Bob and the coaching staff and everyone else here, they believe in young talent and developing into a player that you can become. So, And what's that? Uh, you know, I, I often talk with the academy guys too, because you guys, for that first couple of weeks, there was a, a couple of our academy kids out yeah. there with you guys every day. And they said, one of the things that they were surprised about was how much Bob, all the way down, Bob, Ante, you know, Kenny, Mike, 
they take a, a an interest in you guys as yeah. an individual, as individual skills to little things like like one on one coaching. Yeah, one on one coaching. Don't take don't take a touch with the outside of your foot. Yeah. Maybe do it here. So, well, what is that like? I mean, obviously at academy Not level, filling up the numbers and I mean yeah. at academy level, are, are you even getting that level of or that much individual attention? I mean, it depends on the the club, I guess. Um, when I was at Barca, there was coaches who took me under their wing and told me like some few tips to do change my game so I mean an academy it's not nearly as much as it is here because all the coaches here tell you certain things that you need to change to make your game better and especially for me as a young person as a young player um, like being new to the system everyone the coaching staff even the players they all tell me things because they have experience so I mean uh, for the coaches to be hands-on and super close to the players it's really I appreciate that so did it surprise you at all it did at first at first mm. it did surprise me because I thought maybe how other clubs might be they're just we expect this from you if you don't do it then like get out of the way so I mean but they they trust in young players again and they trust the system so in order for players young players to develop and anyone to develop then you have to coach and the players also have to be coachable so mm-hmm. And you got a lot of guys out there that are coaching. Uh, yeah. You know, we yeah. had, was it Jordan Harvey that told you the story? He said, I, I've been trying to tell Bryce, when you get out there, if you see, if you see Carlos is open, pass it to Carlos. Yeah. <laughs> if you see Carlos isn't open, pass, pass yeah. it to Carlos. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, but I mean, that's, that's a funny, obviously yeah. that's not what they want you to do every single time. Yeah. But like, you got guys like Jordan that, that are, are, you know, you don't always get older guys that want to yeah. take a special interest in a younger yeah. player because you guys are all competing, right? Yeah, but exactly. is it a different vibe you feel? Yeah, I mean, uh, Jordan, whether it's Jordan, Carlos, or um, a young guy like Edward, they all they all coach me. They all want me to uh, help out the team, which is great, and I appreciate that. So um, I just take information from all of them and try to implement that into the game and do what they say and just try to make everyone happy. So. Edward kind of fits a, I was a little, a little option here of the question, but Edward kind of fits that Andre Iniesta mold as, yeah. a mold as well. But uh, what have you been able to learn from him or see from him that has uh, maybe rubbed off on you? Just the way he is aware of his surroundings and how he handles himself with the ball. Like in the game uh, against Philadelphia Union, his tight turn in the midfield, that yeah. was just an example of how he is uh, – three steps ahead of everyone else. So he just knows um, what's around him, his surroundings, uh, which way to turn, which way to take his touch. So that's probably the biggest thing that I see f- that I'm trying to learn from Edward is just surroundings and uh, where to look and how to take my first touch. And yeah, stuff like that's that. almost a sixth sense as well. I mean, that yeah. kind of comes yeah, after exactly. playing games where you go, there's no one behind me so I can turn. Yeah, exactly. Because there is someone behind you, you're going to have a rude awakening. Yeah. <laughs> but... To a, a bigger picture here, and we talked about it before we started recording, is the group of America, North America, I'm going to say North America, because we have Dayon and Mark Anthony Kay from Canada, who is still a foreign country, even though they're very similar to us in the United States, but it's you, Tristan, Jordan Harvey, Adrian Perez, by and large. This club has been known to bring in South American talent. There's six or seven guys, yeah. and not to mention Carlos Vela, but uh, how do you, how, how do you communicate? How do you make sure that it's seamless because 
that that's something that we we don't deal with on our regular basis at work. But having to do with people may not English may not be as strong, yeah. or having to do that culturally the differences. But you're all together on a on a on a field. I mean, chemistry wise, I feel we are building more chemistry and. We kind of when we when we get that, then it's kind of automatic. Like we already know what Just the clicks, other person's thinking. So, no, like there is a language barrier, but like we talked about before, I kind of know Spanish soccer, so I know what they're saying on the field. But <laughs> um, most of the guys, Americans, try to learn Spanish, and then some of the guys, South Americans, try to learn English. So it's kind of we're both trying to accommodate each other, but on the field we all have a pretty good understanding on. You create a new language in between. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what we're going to have yeah. to do. Well, and I'm sure the game model helps, right? So yeah. the, the fact, I mean, we talk a little tactics on here. We don't try to get too too crazy because people will just zone out. Yeah. Um, but game model, I mean, that's literally something that you guys, if there's training four days, it's something you do every four days. Yeah. You, you got, you've got that ingrained in you. So from that aspect, you have a team that, that, you guys, you guys go out there. You already know what you're supposed to be trying yeah. to do, right? So I'm, I'm assuming that really helps when you got, when you guys have midfielders and the type of guys that are one stylistically the same, and then two, Bob comes in here. You guys video. I mean, I, I can imagine what, what what's video like for you. That's it's probably very different than any video session you've been yeah. through. Yeah, um, back in academy, it was kind of just how teams' tendencies are and who might be their best player. But here we really go dig deep into the other team that we're going to play and um we watch plays um bob and the coaching staff run through everything the smallest little details and then um us players give back our input and see hey maybe we should do this and then the coaches will talk about it and be like yeah we should do that or let's do this like this will give us a better option blah 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 so the video sessions here are way different and way better than what mm-hmm. I've been used to. But you're saying it's collaborative. You guys actually have yeah. like a dialogue yeah. going in these rooms. Yeah, it's not just the coaches speaking the whole time. It's players get interaction. So it's kind of a two-way yeah. thing. Yeah, Take us in the fly on the wall in the meetings because these are always a big mystery. We know they're going on, but we would never yeah. dare set foot in them. Yeah. Well, and because when we talk to Bob, we just nod and say, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whatever you want. Yeah. Um, well, let's talk. I mean, we talked talked. You, to you a lot about soccer, but I, I think a lot of people will want to get to know you. We did. I got the the uh, honor of doing the little piece with you and yeah. the video piece that we put out. Um, hearing about your story of going from the UPS store yeah, to yeah. Uh, still my favorite part though, Bryce, is that you you were so stoked about Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. Which now that you're in LA, we've got to get you some some better places to go eat. No yeah. offense to the Cheesecake Factory. Yeah. No, it's 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 wonderful food, but yeah. I mean it's a lot of calories. Maybe yeah. you can burn them right off. I can't go to Cheesecake oh, Factory for that reason yeah. because yeah. I don't burn calories off. <laughs> These huge portions, I can't do it. But what I'm trying to get to is how are you, how are you enjoying LA? How are you? I mean, you're you're kind of getting your feet underneath you. Like you said, your your family comes to visit, but you're now you're on your own yeah. at times. So how, how are you? How are you liking the city? How are you? Yeah. Um, right now, I'm in Pasadena, so looking for or I found an apartment. So um, I'll be moving downtown LA, which is where all the guys are. So yeah. that should be fun. So when I get out there, I feel like downtown LA for for someone my age is gonna be something super fun and just to explore so uh, you're still a couple years hey, downtown yeah. really it yeah, could be yeah, like for, yeah but downtown you can explore it's a it's a really incredible place these yeah. days there's a lot there for the arts the music yeah eating it's all there for yeah. at your fingertips and i like i like to people watch so i could just sit down outside and just watch people for hours that's uh, just a weird hobby that i have so. <laughs> 
Our main office. We all do that though. Yeah. Our, our main I like office. I like how you said it though. So Max, you see Max and I here all the time, but yeah. we also have an office right there oh, in downtown LA. Oh, uh, that's cool. And I take the train from oh. Long Beach. So even just getting, and the train literally lets me out like a block from downtown LA. I could give you five stories from walking from the corner yeah. to there. Like, so if you like people watching. Yeah, it's just crazy how downtown kind of, you're one street and it's not that nice and then you go two streets over and it's a total vibe change. Yeah. So that's, yep. that's what also I like about LA, so. Yeah, it's, one day this downtown will be similar to what we see in New York City yeah. where it's bustling, Yeah. it's getting there. Yeah. Take, just take us with, with the guys. I mean, what, what are the things without getting into many deals you do to kind of bond? Because we hear more about these things, and it's uh, it gives us comfort to know that you're able to, when you're time away from the the, the performance center or the games, you're with these guys. Yeah. Um, last week we actually just went to uh, I think it's called the Catch, uh, and down is it downtown LA? Yeah. Yeah. So we went to the Catch uh, for dinner. Um, so we stayed there for couple hours and just bonded and just it's good to get away from soccer and just not talk about it for sometimes once in a while so it was good just to build a bond with the guys outside of soccer so that's I bet you still talked about soccer in some way shape or form yeah some <laughs> it's little things but what's what's the game for who pays do you guys do credit card roulette who uh, no uh I'm not gonna take that risk so yeah uh, just as long as it doesn't fall on, yeah. on your age. Yeah. <laughs> so somebody yeah. stepped up and said, Bryce, don't, don't you worry about it. We kind of all just pitched in. Um, okay. But we also have a, like a fine wheel downstairs. Mm -hmm. So if you don't follow the rules or you do something, then you have to spin the, the wheel and then you get fined or you have to pay money. So we use that money to help out the, the check. So. Have you found yourself spinning the fine wheel often? Um, for initiation, <laughs> yes, I did. Okay. Luckily, I only got away with fifteen dollars. The Ooh. highest is fifty. So, right. So I got away with that one. But we'll see until next time. Hopefully, and, I don't break any rules. And you had to sing a song as well, right? I did. What was that your song? Was, uh, Baby by Justin Bieber. It was it picked by wow. you or picked by the it team? It was picked by me. I okay. know that song. Yeah. yeah. All right. I was afraid it would be something I never heard. Yeah, and it was funny because the day after or the night after when we played Lyon. Um, I was warming up and I kind of had like a section of Lyon fans, probably like 25, 30 people. And they're all chanting Justin, like Justin Bieber. And all, <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh. Hey, if you get known as a great song Justin to hear in the stadium. of LAFC in Mexico, I mean, yeah. we, we'll, we'll take that publicity yeah. for you. I mean, Justin Bieber's not a bad person to look like, I guess. Yeah. So. No. Not too bad. <laughs> Excited about uh, playing Cruz Azul. Yeah, I mean, you were remiss if we don't ask you at all about the big game coming up. So yeah, because yeah. by, by the by the way it's been going, I imagine you're gonna you're gonna play some sort of role, yeah. having played both MLS games. So you've got your MLS debut, you've got a game in the Champions League, and uh, certainly part of that group of players that Bob looks to for minutes. Yeah, hopefully. I mean, just in training, I gotta keep working hard and prove that um, I can get some minutes on the field, and just when I get on the field, just do what I do and um, help out the team and hopefully we come out with the win. So, Obviously in your young career, everything's exciting. MLS play, any yeah. kind of play, pen your role in preseason, yeah. but what is what is international play for you? What I mean, that's probably something you dreamed about. I'm sure you were watching Champions League. It's on right now for yeah. us in the other room. What is international play for you? Um, it's big. I mean, my goal is to go to Europe. Um, so this is a big step for me and I'm glad to be here and I feel like this could be my step to progress and hopefully go to Europe sometime so that's that's just what internationally is probably yeah and that idea of sharpening yourself against yeah exactly. different styles different players that's yeah. got to be something super exciting for you yeah guys. exactly it's all it's all learning so um 
I just got to keep learning and keep developing, and then everything will run its course from there. So, All right. Well, it's been great to chat with you, Bryce. We look forward to doing it again. I know I've been talking, Vince, I've been very eager to get you on here because I know it's an incredible story to share, and I was right. <laughs> uh, going back to your BMX racing too yeah, as well. Exactly. That was it's cool. But thanks for sharing with us and uh, thanks for breaking down some of the walls here yeah. <laughs> about yeah, what's going on. I know every time we talk to you now we get a new story. We so get some we'll inf- valuable information yeah, maybe for in us. a couple months we'll bring you back. Yeah. That's uh, uh, LAFC midfielder Bryce Duke. This is Inside LAFC. We're going to sign off at this point. Again, subscribe, rate and review the podcast. Thanks for all the support out there you guys have been giving. We'll continue to be here and give you the best information possible and great guests like Bryce. Yeah, thank you for having me. <laughs>